Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. And guess what? It is a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2024. And we're excited. Our team here at uh, Grace for the City podcast, we are excited about this upcoming year. It's another year, friends, of diving into the word, getting some scriptural motivation and strategies so that together we can get out there and get some stuff done for Jesus. That's our prayer for you, friends. And I want to say thank you for a great year last year. Uh, we went all over the world and, um, you know, the podcast grew, our listener base grew. Uh, but besides all that, you know, cause that's not, that's not really what my motivation is. We're not just trying to be a, you know, you know, we're not just trying to break records of people listening. The goal is to get the word of the Lord to the right people. And if anybody at all was encouraged or strengthened or motivated or had their the eyes of their understanding illuminated to God's will for them, then I'm telling you, it was a win. And I want to say thank you to those that uh, not only you prayerfully partnered with us, you prayed regularly and consistently for the podcast. I want to say thank you so much. We felt those prayers. We saw the effect of those prayers uh, as we were going forward. It encouraged me and our team here that people were really taking time to pray for us and lift us up before the Lord. And then also those that financially contributed in some way. I'm telling you, that is huge as well. Between the prayer and the financial support, friends, I'm telling you, the podcast really was what it was in the last several years because of those factors right there. And we thank God for helping us. Uh, The reason why we're doing it is because I believe the Lord told me to, and we've just been acting on the word of the Lord but then he also has set you up to come alongside us and help hold our arms up. Listen, anything that we did that pleased the Lord, that bore fruit, you, our partners, whether you were a prayer partner or a financial partner or both, you have a share in the rewards. And so um, I want to say thank you. And we're anticipating in 2024 uh, some amazing things. Let me tell you a little bit about what we uh, should begin doing probably about the fall of 2024. So several months out yet, but I've been talking about last year that the Lord put on our heart to do what we're calling the studio project. We've got a facility on our property that the Lord said to remodel, put some studios in there. And so we're going to be able to expand our podcast studio set over there. There's some other things I'd like to do with the studio. This one right here, if you're watching me, um, you know, on YouTube or Facebook um, or somewhere on the internet. You can see our little studio set here. Uh, there's not a lot to it. It's very simple, but, you know, it's just to supplement the actual, the audio content of the podcast. But there's some things that we can do to kind of expand this, um, add some flexibility to it, add some more camera uh, functionality to it as well. We just don't quite have the equipment or the space to do it here. We can do it in this other facility. And so we're calling it the studio project. And uh, the Lord kind of gave me a target, gave me a financial target that will start the remodel process when we get that amount of money. We're just a couple thousand dollars away from our start point. And I want to say thank you. If you contributed to that last year, wow, thank you so much. 
we're bringing that project over into this year as well. And so believe with us, pray with us, maybe consider, you know, if the Lord would lead you to sow into that, to send an offering, to be a part of that studio project in advance, we say thank you. But um, we'll probably start the actual remodel in the fall of 2024. That's kind of what I'm thinking at this point. Of course, you know, all the money could come in before that and we'll get started sooner, but uh, probably about the fall. So praise God for that. All right, let's jump into the podcast today. This is our first podcast of the new year. Is that right? I believe so. And uh, wow, I'm excited about what I want to talk to you. So I want to talk to you about putting the word first. Now, this is not just a New Year's resolution. I'm not a huge resolution fan. I mean, I set goals. I've got some objectives. You know, I uh, consider, you know, what I was doing, what I need to be doing, if there's any adjustments that I need to make. But I take this approach to it. And I want to encourage you to maybe just consider this, is that you can get so... um, you know, you, you can, you can come up with so many objectives and goals that really you're kind of being dishonest with yourself. Uh, it's, you're kind of setting yourself up for a big letdown. It would be better in my opinion, you know, you do you, but I think it would be better rather than having 500 objectives and, you know, failing in, you know, 499 of them, uh, and not have really any wins to speak of. It it would be better to have like one or two things, uh, that you set, some realistic timelines on like, you know, in the next three months or something and have those wins, you know, win at one thing, you know, maybe have two things. Okay. Uh, I think you understand principally what I'm saying is so you can kind of scale it to where it's realistic, uh, where it's honest and where you really are going to have some wins. You'll be more motivated. You'll be more encouraged. You know, most people have a real defeatist view of themselves. And so if you don't have any wins, it's just going to compound and pile on, you're going to beat yourself up even more. It would be better to just set one or two realistic objectives, something easily attained to celebrate those wins. And then you can always set some more objectives, but get some wins under your belt, get some momentum, come into this year, uh, finishing and accomplishing things. And it'll just encourage you to keep that momentum and keep that strategy going. You may wind up finishing 500 things this year. But if you set all those objectives right now in the very first few weeks of the year and you realize that you didn't compensate for real life, hallelujah, you know what I mean? You still have to you know, deal with the reality of life, your primary responsibilities, your priorities, you know, your, your marriage, your spouse, your children, your job, your church, okay? And if you try and cram too many things in, in this new year because you just think that's what you're supposed to do, you're going to be disappointed potentially, and I don't want to see you lose momentum. So here's something that I want to encourage you in, and you're, you're going to hear it as we go into this podcast, is that if you'll put the word first, we're going to read this verse, and it says that his words, we're talking about God's word, it is the key to life. You'll get all the direction that you need. In fact, you won't miss anything this this year if you put the word first, because in that word will be your counsel, your wisdom. He says his word is a lamp unto your feet. If you don't know what to do this year, that's totally fine. Put emphasis on the word. Have this belief that the word will instruct you and guide you. If you'll put the word first, you'll really accomplish everything you need to this year because the word is going to help you. The word is going to counsel you. The word is going to direct you. And so rather than having 
all these other objectives that may or may not even be what you need to be doing, if you'll put the word first, that's one thing that you can have a win in this year. You can put the word first, spend more time in the word than you ever have and get that win. But here's the other supernatural thing is the word will begin to speak to you and counsel you. And I'm telling you, by the time we finish 2024, friends, we won't even recognize ourselves. And we'll look back and say, wow, the word helped me accomplish all of this. In fact, the, the Bible says, this isn't even in my notes today, but the Bible says that the word, if we'll get into his word, it'll add length of days. Now, there's two ways to look at that. Number one, it'll literally extend your lifespan. Uh, you will live longer. Hallelujah. Because that word is health to your flesh and to your bones. The other uh, really supernatural reality of putting the word first is you'll be able to accomplish more. It's like time Time won't be your enemy. Time will actually be a servant to you, and you'll realize that you're actually accomplishing more in a day or in a week because the word is supernaturally, come on, stretching that time, lengthening, you know, lengthening the time. And you'll look back over this year and say, well, how did I even get all, the, all that done? Because you put the word first, friend. Hallelujah. Now, if you got your Bible, turn with me to Mark 4. I'm going to show you something here. There is what I call the agency. I'm going to pull up my Bible here. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, friends, if you're listening to me right now and you legit, you do not have a Bible, then I want you to call me. I want to hear your voice, 870-741-9099. We have a Bible. I'll send it to you. But I want to hear your voice telling me, I do not have a Bible. I have one. It's a good one. I'll send it to you. But you need to get a Bible, friends. You know what? You know what would be better for you than spending $50 a month on a gym membership that you're not going to actually go and utilize is to put that $50 into the Bible. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible may instruct you, hey, go get a gym membership, but you'll be more likely to yield to the word of the Lord that's giving you guidance and counsel and wisdom and strategy than if you just make up a bunch of stuff. So listen, prioritize your monies this year too. Get Invest in the word. Yeah, um, you know you know what I'm saying? Like there's several ways to do that. Maybe you need to invest in getting yourself together. You know, maybe you're one of those people and you say, well, you know, I just don't have any clothes to go to church in. Okay, oh, oh, all right. Well, then go buy some clothes that you feel comfortable in going to church. Invest in getting where you can get the word. Buy a Bible. Uh, join a Bible school. You know what I mean? There's online Bible schools. Uh, I'm, I'm in one, 3BI. Billy Brim Bible Institute. It's called 3BI. Uh, sign up. You can go online. Invest in getting into the Word, friends, because the Word's going to help you. All right, you in Mark 4? Let me get there really quick. Mark 4. So I'm using an online Bible. But if you need to get a digital Bible, get a digital Bible. If you need to buy an actual Bible, get an actual Bible. There's some really nice ones, like the uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible. And I don't know if it's the second or third edition, but um, you can look it up. It's uh, edited by Jack Hayford. It's a phenomenal Bible. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite Bibles that I have. I was given them out as gifts this year. Phenomenal Bible. It's like 50 bucks on Amazon. Get you a good Bible, one that you can read. Okay, okay? get a NASB, New American Standard, 1995. That's a great Bible. Get a new King James. You can understand that. That's a great Bible. Uh, you can get the Spirit-Filled Life Bible in the new King James. Get a new Living Trend 
uh, New Living Translation, the NLT. That's a great Bible. Uh, there's some other trans- translations uh, that are easy to read. That's why I like the NASB. It's a word-for-word translation in modern uh, English. It's phenomenal. And it'll encourage you to get in it. Hallelujah. All right, Mark 4. And he said this. Of course, the first part of the chapter talks about the sower sows the seeds. And we know from the parable that he's talking about that uh, the word has been sown. The word is the seed here. And there is an agency. The word is alive. It's living. There's a supernatural element with that word. And it has a phenomenal result if you will sow it. If, if the word doesn't get sown into your heart, it will have no effect on you. But I want to show you something. I'm getting there. Uh, verse 26, here it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Mark 4, 26. If you're there, say, I'm there. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm there. Okay. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. I'm going to have to grab a drink. <coughs> Hallelujah. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground <clears throat> night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, gets up the seed sprouts and grows though he does not know how. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see, what version was that? That was the NIV. Let me flip over to the New King James. The NIV is good, <clears throat> but they leave out a bunch of verses, so I don't use that one very often. All right, here it is, the New King James. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. <clears throat> he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. All right, now I want to spend a little bit of time here and break this down because I think this will really bless you. But here he's talking about excuse me somebody pray for me hallelujah here he's saying that the kingdom has sown the word and he's using a parable because he's going to liken it to the the natural laws of the earth like what happens when you actually sow a seed into the soil he's saying the word when it's sown what it does is it'll get into that soil of your heart now the man that received the word it says that he just goes to sleep at night and gets up the next day. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us. Um, it, it, it doesn't specifically spell this out, but the idea is that this process continues for however long. In fact, it, it continues until the harvest time. So the word or the seed is in the grounds, in the soul of his heart, and he's just going to sleep at night. He gets up the next day, and he goes about his business. He goes to sleep the next night, wakes up the next day, goes about his business. But see, something's happening on the inside. Now, what, what happens that he doesn't quite understand, or we could say it like this, what happens that's involuntary to him, meaning he's not directly necessarily in charge of the process. It's almost like it's automatic, say. That seed, just like if you put corn in, in the ground and the conditions are right and nobody's pulling it up, 
Okay, so we're not talk, talking about that. You, you, you can hinder this process, but if you just leave the seed in the ground, what's gonna happen? Well, one day you're gonna look out there and you're gonna see something coming up through the ground. Well, that process is, uh, as we might say, automatic. The seed and the soil were designed to work together. As long as nobody circumvents that process, that corn seed is going to produce. Same thing with the word. <clears throat> that word knows exactly what to do when it hits the soil of your heart. If you don't circumvent that process, friend, soon after some nights, maybe many nights, of just going about your business, but you're keeping that seed in your heart, you're not plucking it up, you're not pulling it, it up, but you're protecting it, you're keeping it in there, what happens is it's, it begins to produce. This is the agency in the word. It begins to sprout and grow. It begins to multiply. And soon, as you're going about your business, suddenly something begins to appear. The Bible says that it begins to ripen. Uh, that the blade begins to come up through the ground. There's some understanding of the word that comes. There's some light and revelation that comes. <clears throat> you may have been in that word and didn't really understand it. Well, it's less about understanding. <laughs> it's really less about reading and more about feeding. Some people don't even get near this process because every time they approach the Bible, they say, well, I just don't understand what I read. Listen, friends, it's not about that yet. When the harvest comes, if you'll just get that word in you, when the harvest comes, part of that harvest is understanding or it begins to minister to you. But before that process, you just have to feed on it. You gotta get it in you. You gotta get it into your heart. Understanding is not always the initial reaction we have to the word. I know that scares a lot of people. They say, well, if I understood it, I might spend more time in it. No. If you'll spend more time in it, understanding will come. <laughs> Hallelujah, friends. So here there's this agency, and suddenly the word begins to ripen on the inside of you. Suddenly it begins to produce. Um, it's, it's almost as if it's automatic. It's not magical. It's supernatural. It begins to uh, multiply. It begins to produce. Something begins to come of that word that you put in there. The Bible says the blade then the head, and then the full grain in the head. Then it says it when it ripens, guess what you're able to do then? Immediately then you're able to go in with the sickle and you, you're, you're, you're able to reach in and pull out of there fruit that has produced of itself. See right there, um, verse 28, for the earth yields crops. What's those next two words? By itself. Now, you had to uh, get into the Bible and at least hear it or read it. But what we're saying is your heart, your spirit, man, knew exactly what to do. It didn't need your mind. It didn't need your understanding. It didn't need your, uh, it didn't even need your intelligence. Okay. It, did, it, it needed nothing naturally other than you just get it in front of you, get it in your eyes and your ears. And it, it needs that, it needs, needs the gateways. But, but, but it doesn't require anything else of you. It will produce by itself. As long as you get it in your heart, your heart and the word will work together by themselves to produce a harvest for you. Now that harvest could be a lot of things, but num number one, it's gonna be understanding. Suddenly, 
the word will begin to talk to you. Suddenly you'll have light in areas that you, do, you didn't have light before. That word has produced something on the inside of you. It has produced wisdom on the inside of you. It has produced counsel on the inside of you. It has produced life on the inside of you. And now you're able to reach in by faith and receive the benefits of what the word had to offer. Now you had to get it in there and it always comes in seed form. You're not sowing the whole fruit. You're just sowing the seed, but in that seed, inside that seed, once it begins to open up and produce, oh, it is a vast resource. It is a vast warehouse. It opens up heaven's reality and possibility. And guess where it produces on the inside of you. So now if you take that concept right there and you, and if you did nothing else this year, friends, but just sow the word into your heart, I'm telling you, it may be many days, many moons, you know, I don't know, weeks, months, six months. It doesn't really matter. Like if, if you're going to choke it out because you're afraid of how long it's going to take, you'll be immobilized. But if you will just sow that seed, I'm telling you, later this this year, it's going to begin to produce in you. And somebody's going to say, man, what has happened to you? There's a love coming out of you. There's a peace. There's a knowledge. There's a wisdom. There's a counsel. There's a righteousness. There's fruit coming out of your life. We're seeing, we're observing this fruit. What did you do? What have you done? What's changed about you? And you say, ah, well, I just started putting the word in there. Now, let me re- repeat something. Again, people say, well, you know, when I sit down to the word, I just don't understand it. All right. I mean, I get that. Okay. Well, stop reading the King James. All right. Get you a Bible that at least in the modern flow of the wording that you have some concept of what's being said. All right. That's a good place to start right there. But again, when you sit there and you read the Bible and you say, man, I'm just not getting anything out of this. Okay. Well, what comes first, the harvest or the seed? See, you're trying to get the cart before the horse. Understanding will come as the Bible, come on, begins to minister to you. You got to get the word in you and, 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 and keep getting that word in you. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit, come on, the Lord of the harvest himself, come on, will begin to produce understanding on the inside of you again i'm just i'm trying to just highlight this i'm trying to expose this strategy of the devil that keeps so many people away from the bible um i I remember when the lord told me this i was on my way to do a men's meeting and typically over the years at least in my experience i've heard from more men than women that's usually it's the men who say ah you know i'm not really much of a reader or i don't read very well um, you know, and I get that, right? I mean, they're out, you know, they're herdsmen, hunters, providers, right? You know, we're not sitting here reading books. Okay, okay. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Sure, 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 fine, fine, fine. All right, whatever. But if you allow that to stalemate you, um, again, the enemy is using the reality that there's an agency in this word. He's using that knowledge against you. He's hiding that knowledge from you because He's trying to make you think that it's all on you, that it's totally your sole responsibility to understand everything you are reading or hearing out of the word. 
No, the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you there. In fact, if he doesn't open up that word to you, you're not going to have any understanding. But in order for him to produce the harvest of counsel and wisdom, you've got to get the seed in you. All right, so I was on my way to this men's meeting, and I was thinking through that. And I heard the Lord said, it wasn't audible, but he spoke to my heart. And he said, it's less about reading and more about feeding. Less about reading, more about feeding. And, and again, if you can just read those words or listen to those words, maybe you don't read well. Well, the Lord will help you with that too, friends. Like supernaturally, he will help you read. <laughs> if nothing else, so you can get into his own words. He, that is a strategy of the enemy to bring that, that kind of uh, mental confusion or kind of scramble your ability to comprehend and to learn and to grasp and to read. I'm telling you, that's a devilish strategy. He'll heal you, friends. In fact, receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus because that's the devil trying to keep you out of the word. Now, if for whatever reason, immediately you're, you're just not able to read, well, then get it where you can hear it. Have somebody else read it to you. Why? These are words of life. They're seeds, and they've got to get down in your heart. You don't have to understand it, but you got to get it in you. If you get it in you, you can go about your business. You go, you're going to go sleep tonight. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to do what you're required to do. You're going to honor the Lord with what he's turned your attention to. But if you'll keep that word going, you keep that word in your heart, you keep it in the meditation of your heart, uh, you keep it in your eyes, you keep it in your ears, then the Bible's telling you, I'm showing you right here, it's going to produce a harvest. And even though you may not understand it right now, you, you give yourself a couple weeks, you give yourself a couple months, you give yourself a year, come on, and you will begin to produce a harvest of understanding. Listen, it's your inheritance to know. Remember what, what he said? He said the hidden things uh, are only hidden temporarily in order that they may be revealed. Jesus told his disciples in another place, he said it's been given to you. Okay, we're talking about the born again the New Testament disciple of Jesus, the born again, the new creation Christ. He said, it's been given to you to know the what? To know the mysteries. What are mysteries? They're hidden things. All Bible mysteries are hidden things, but they're not hidden from you. Come on, they're hidden for you. Jesus said, it is your right that you would know these things, that these things would be revealed to you. Again, how does that happen? You get the seed of the word in you and the word begins to produce, and the word begins to open up to you. And now what was hidden is no longer hidden. It is revealed. And now the, um, your, the, uh, your understanding, Ephesians, your understanding has now been enlightened because the word has produced a harvest in you. Hallelujah, friends. Now listen, this isn't just so you can get up and talk behind a pulpit. So many of you right now, that's not even on the radar. Like, that's not your calling. You, you don't have to do a podcast. You don't have to go preach somewhere. God has other things for you, but you still need that word. Now, part, part of the word working in me is to minister to people, but that's not, that's not the whole of it. Like, I'm an individual outside of my, of my, um, my assignment. And God wants to minister to me just as a person. I've got to get into that word just for Justin. 
I've got to get into that word for my wife, for my family, for my children. That word has direction for me that concerns me, all, the whole of me, my marriage, my personal life, my marriage, my children, how to raise them, things that we're doing with family, extended family. But, 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 but then also, I get into that word because part of what he has me do is minister to others. And that word begins to produce on the inside of me. That word, if I'll get into that word, then when I go to like minister, uh, whether it's on the podcast or on Sundays or Wednesdays or other special meetings that we do, uh, other travel things that we are, we are involved in, if I get that word in there, then the harvest of that word comes at different times and there's fruit that is available uh, that can be ministered to people. So you're not getting into this word because you're, you're, you're a preacher. Uh, you're not getting into the word because you're doing a Bible study. I mean, the vast majority of you, that's probably not your calling, but you're getting into that word because it's a key to life. There's things that he is directing you in or wants to direct you in. There are investments, there are witty inventions, there are ideas, there are business concepts, there, there are uh, relational things. You know, some of you, there may even be political strategies, governmental strategies. You know, maybe it's things for your personal family, your children, your spouse. Listen, you got to get into that word because that word wants to reveal to you all that he has planned as it concerns you. And those mysteries, you know, if you don't get into that word, it's, it's going to pass you by and you'll, you, you'll be off somewhere trying to do life in your own strength. I'm telling you, friends, don't do that. You don't have to do that. And if you're one of those ones that have really been immobilized, you, you've come into a stalemate because you're like, man, I just don't understand it when I read it. I want you to try again this year, okay? I want you to take what I've said today, and I want you to really think about the, the strategy that I've given you, okay? And I want you to try again. Get you a Bible that you can understand at least the basic reading, okay? And if you're carrying around a King James version, you know, the these and thous, out of religiosity, I'm telling you, friends, how stupid is that? Because you're going to stay stuck. You know, you're just, you're just carrying that around. And I don't know if you go to one of those churches that they don't believe in any other translation other than the King James, you know, the one that Jesus carried. Um, but if, but if, 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 if you are not getting into it because you just don't, you know, process the these and those, listen, I don't read the King James for that reason. I don't have time to sit there and translate every word that I'm reading into, you know, uh, modern cultural language. Uh, there's a lot of good things about the King King James. That's why I use the New King James because it 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 it, it phrases it in modern English. But if you're uh, just playing these games, don't play the game. Is what I'm saying. Let's let's honestly approach the word. Let's realize the amazing supernatural reality that's associated with the the agency. That word is living. And it wants to speak to you. That that's when it becomes a rhema. That's 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 when the, the lights go on. It's like whoa, the word just ministered to me, and you'll know it when it when it does it. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Now, if, if, if you're fine with King James, fine. But I'm saying don't play the religious games, friends. How stupid is that? You're carrying, carrying around a Bible that you dread reading because somebody is going to think what? What are they going to think of you? Like if you actually do the legitimate research, you realize how stupid getting stuck in a King James-only mindset. There are many excellent translations out there. Besides that, the King James is uh, was a translation into that English, that old English, from the Hebrew and Greek. It would be better for you to learn Greek and Hebrew if you're going to take some sort of weird you know, approach to the Bible in that sense. But uh, get you a Bible that you enjoy reading, whether or not you understand the totality of it or not, okay? I mean, you're going to understand a lot of it. But even if you don't understand everything, remember this, it's not about reading. I mean, you could make you a little religious check checklist. Okay, I read four verses today. Look how holy I am. And yet still, you not even have a relationship with the word. You don't, and still just not any further along in your understanding of him than you were before you started. You got to approach this thing as a relationship with him. But you can start with a Bible that you enjoy reading, one that you basically un, 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 understand the, the wording, and then make it a priority. And then know that that word is doing something on the inside of you. If you read a passage today, say, and you're like, you know, I just don't really quite know exactly what all this is saying, rejoice and say, but you know what? It's, it's going to speak to me. This, this word, I'm going to get it in my heart and I'm going to get so much of it in my heart that when it begins to minister to me and speak to me and produce a harvest of understanding, there is no way that I'm going to miss what God has for me. Hallelujah, friends. Oh, it's just that easy. It's just that simple. And so I, I want to encourage you this year to put the word first. If you don't do anything else, put the word first. Let me give you uh, one last passage here. We may pick up on this in, in the next uh, podcast because I'm going to stay on this thought at least for a couple weeks. But in Proverbs chapter 4, let's close here. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them, his sayings, his words, do not let them depart from your eyes. What's, what's, what's that mean there? It means you got to look at it. You got to get into it. You know, this, this isn't a once a week or a once a month thing. This has to be a priority. Like I'm going to get his words in front of me, in my ears, in my eyes. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to fellowship with it. I'm going to worship the Lord and thank him for it. All right. So he says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Right here, verse 22, Proverbs 4.22. Now, in the New King James, it says this, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's, that's one of the supernatural agency. We could say it's one of the miraculous properties that's within the word is there's healing in that word. We'll t- talk about that later. But I want to back up to that first part of that verse. It says, for they are life to those who find them. Several other translations. I don't know. There's many, but the, the expanded Bible, uh, the, the NCV, these are just a couple, but I mean, there's many, I don't know. There's four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. Many say it like this for they, his words, they are the key to life 
Listen, the Bible is not just about reading, friends. It's not about checking off your little Bible reading progress chart so that somebody, um, you know, is jealous that you read more than they did. Okay, it's not just about reading. It's about feeding. I'm telling you, when you get into that word and you let it nourish you, 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 you let it replenish you, you let it develop you. You know, we heard about that, uh, read about that in Peter. Remember that um, uh, the word is milk and then meat. But in both of these stages, it's milk to those that are just getting started. But in that milk is what? It's all the nutrients. It's the nourishment. It's, it's, it's the health and the life that causes the baby to grow. And then later when you get kind of a full age, then you kind of switch off of milk. You get weaned off of that. And he takes you a little bit further, a little bit deeper, and you get onto the meat of the word. Well, this is what he's saying here. His word is the key to life. And, and, and if you've got questions, if you don't know what to do, get into that word, friends. And it will reveal to you what you should do. It will open up doors no man could open any other way. It will close off doors that... Um, you know, it will open things and close things, and there's nothing anybody can do about it because that's the kind of life that's in this word. It's the kind of power that's in this word. Listen, friends, it will open up this year to you in a profound way. All right, I'm out of time, but I want you to think about what I've said. We're at the head of the year right now, and if you did nothing else but say, you know what, I'm just going to put the word first. I'm going to move. I'm going to take a step towards putting the word first, getting it in my eyes and my ears. And I'm promising you, friends, <clears throat> based on the authority of the word, it's going to do amazing things for you this year. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> well, if we could uh, pray with you, we would be honored to do so. <clears throat> pray for me for coughing. Hallelujah. You can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. One of our prayer partners will get back with you, as always. Or you can send an email, hello at greatcitychurch.tv. And again, we'll follow up with you there. You are not alone, friends. You are not alone. I'm telling you, there's somebody close to you. There is a community. There is a um, a family that God has for you. Uh, but on the off chance you haven't discovered that yet and you need somebody to just stand with you, pray with you, agree with you, we are here for you you. All right, friends, this has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.